welcome to Mason and Fricker's Eldritch Stories. My name is Mike Mason. Many of us care for animals that bring joy and comfort in times of difficulty, and today's tale is no different. But it's not about a dog or a cat, but rather something else. John doesn't have any fish. He'd had them as a young boy. A big, warm tank of shimmering colour. They looked so good when he first got them. Everything was clean and new. The fish were so bright, the water so clean, and the glass so clear, it was like a bright summer day. But as time passed, the lustre wore off. The water became murky and the glass grimy. He and his mum would clean it, but it was never the same. In time the fish bred, but the offspring were less lustrous with each passing brood. The tank became a millstone around his neck. He longed for the fish to die so he could get rid of the tank altogether. But somehow they lived and his conscience compelled him to provide at least a modicum of care. Sometimes John would think back to the excitement of seeing the tank when it was new, full of colour and promise. He would feel a pinprick of excitement in his chest, but it was never more than a fleeting thing, no matter how much he tried to savour it. The lounge window looked out onto the street, It needed a clean. People walked by. He recognised some of them. Not that he knew them, but he'd seen them passing by previously. He lit another cigarette. He should probably do something. Then he heard a noise from the kitchen. Was it awake already? He closed his eyes and held his breath. A mewling sound. It was waking up. He pursed his lips and blew out smoke. Opening his eyes, he pushed himself out of the chair. Crumbs and discarded wrappers littered the surface. Even when he did tidy up, it was always unsatisfying. Wiping away the mess just exposed the reality of what lay beneath. Under the scarred plastic work surface was a composite of wooden glue. The stained grouting could be picked out from between cracked ceramic tiles. What were they? 1980s, maybe? Fucking ancient. Strip them off. What lies beneath? An off-white tile adhesive, skimmed on by some fella, probably in an old folks' home now. John wondered about the man. For a moment, he could picture him fixing the tiles to the wall, singing along to the latest hits on Radio 1, laughing as Steve Wright talked to Mr Angry. In his imagination... John could see the man was making the house into an inviting family home. He looked at the grey reality, his trash, crumbs, dirty cutlery, damp wood, cracked tiles and cupboards full of junk. Beneath it all a layer of plaster over red brick, then just nothing. Peel back the layers and what are you left with? The mewling pulled on his nerves again. Taking a slice from the bread bag, he spread it with crummy marge. 
Squatting down, he reached into the tattered Amazon box and pulled back the towel. Sensing his presence, the mouth opened to receive the food. It didn't so much bite as suck in a mouthful of the bread. John realised he was shaking his head as he peered into the box. They had found the thing a week ago, down in the cellar. Kirsty had been sleeping at his place for a few nights. For some reason, she'd gone down into the cellar. The fuck is that? she called to him. Some of the bricks that lined the floor had been forced up out of place, exposing the earth below. From there, crawling across the floor was a grey maggot-like thing, about a foot and a half long. Its front end was tapered, and it seemed to sense its way forward. Wait here! John turned and sprinted up the cellar steps. Kirsty moved to the foot of the stairs, keeping her eyes on the thing. She heard a rattling cutlery drawer, and then footsteps behind her. Broom in one hand, bread knife in the other, John stood staring without a clue. When he later recounted the situation to himself, these moments were spent weighing up the situation. Go on then, she said. Go on what? See what it does. He edged forward, broom handle extended before him. It recoiled at the touch of the broom. He turned to Kirsty for approval. Her eyes flickered between his face and the thing on the floor. Well, you just can't leave it there, she said. I know that, just let me think a minute. They retreated to the cellar steps and sat watching it crawl slowly to a halt. Has it gone to sleep? The fuck should I know, said Kirsty. I tell you what, though, I'm not sitting here all night. Do you think we should call someone? Who are you going to call? John quipped, raising a smile. I don't know, like a bloody vet or something, Kirsty replied. What, at half past eleven at night? Come on, let's leave it for now. Later that night, he heard the bedroom door opening, then footsteps going downstairs. He lay still in the darkness. Kirsty would come back soon and tell him the thing was dead. They would wrap it in his old shirt and put it in the bin. The bin men come on Wednesdays. John liked solving problems, but as soon as he fixed one, the world always presented two more. Fuck it. He couldn't lay there not knowing. He grabbed the old shirt and headed downstairs. The cellar door stood open. The light was on. Kirsty, you you all right? Down here, he heard her reply. What's going on? he asked, reluctantly moving towards the steps. Come down, see. It's eating. There she was, sat cross-legged on the cellar floor, feeding the thing a biscuit. It was just hungry, love. Clearly, yet again, the world didn't want his solutions. Fucking bin men, he muttered. You what? Never mind. Bin Men was written by Paul Fricker and read by Mike Mason. Find out more at eldritchstories.com Join us again next time for another chilling tale. And remember, keep it eldritch!